Nobody went to school for sales. Each of us has our own journey, a journey that ultimately reveals the two opposing forces, the art versus science, the relationships versus the metrics, selling versus sales. What side are you on? This is the Love Selling, Hate Sales podcast. Today, I am joined by Lenwood Ross, who is the founder and CEO of Accelery. Lenwood, thank you for joining the show. My pleasure. I'm glad to be here. So this is super exciting. You know, Love Selling, Hate Sales podcast, as you'd imagine, we talk to lots of sellers, right? Yes. But today, we've got an attorney turned strategic social selling guru, expert, ninja. Like what, <laughs> I'm all of those things. I'm a guru ninja. Okay. Even better. Even better. So how does an attorney find themselves teaching social selling strategies today? Right. So, uh, you know, um, about 10 years ago, um, you know, I really became disillusioned with being an attorney. Uh, I stopped doing that, became an entrepreneur, okay. really was trying to find my way um, over the years. And um, uh, what I was doing really wasn't going to get me to the promised land. So I started kind of researching, you know, what uh, what area can I go into where there's a tremendous amount of change and there's opportunity? And I, I stumbled into digital strategy, right? Okay. And I started working on building a, a business model for digital strategy. And um, as I was researching that, I discovered that after cloud and mobility in terms mm -hmm. of digital transformation, the kind of third pillar of that is social media. Mm -hmm. Social media has transformed the world. I mean, there are nearly as many people actively using social media as actively use the internet. Only sure. a very small percentage. And, um, and so um, in investigating uh, or really thinking about how do you build digital culture in an organization... I said, you really have to address the impact of social media. And I hooked up with uh, Tim Hughes, who okay. is one of the um, uh, big influencers in um, strategic social selling, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So, so Tim wrote a book called Social Selling. And um, from there, he, he started just mentoring me and training me on how to use uh uh, strategic social selling and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So it's super interesting, right? I mean, social selling is a bit of a buzzword these days. You know, Absolutely. I'm in the, I'm in the kind of the B2B SaaS world. I work for a consulting company, but we partner with a lot of the, you know, B2B technology companies. Right. And, you know, you're talking pretty large global enterprises that have all kinds of sellers out there. And, you know, there's like anything, there's a right way and a wrong way. To, to engage with people. And it could be engaging over a phone call. It could be engaging over a text message and certainly engaging over social media. So what are you seeing that are some of the biggest pitfalls that sellers run into that it try to engage with prospects via social? Oh man, the number one uh, pitfall is the, um, the sort of cold um, connection request or the cold, <laughs> the in cold in mail where the, where the pitch is contained in the introduction. I mean, the connect and pitch, the connect and pitch. I mean, that is an absolute disaster. I mean, I you, agree. You, you just, you just don't want to do that. And it's just totally, um, contrary to, you know, what, what, 
social media is all about, right? You right. got to put the social before the um, the 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 pitch, and right. you know, it's sort of like you know, you you get people out there all all the time that say, oh, you know, this is how you can do uh, the cold call or the cold <laughs> email, and it works. But right. for the that, you know, maybe for that one percent out there that can that they can make that work for the vast majority of sellers it just doesn't work that way um what we see working is relationship building Mm -hmm. right and um there's nothing like social media for building relationships at scale if you know how to do it uh, you can build a build relationships with a much larger group of people than you could have ever done before social media, right? You you yeah. might have had a Rolodex, a stack of cards that you would have worked. You can do so much more with social media, um, and you don't really need the automation because the social media platform it gives you the amplification that you need. Uh, yeah. So so we really see um, you know people using the automation tool, the huge pitfall using automation tools sure. on LinkedIn, especially that nowadays will get you kicked off of LinkedIn. Mm. That'll get you banned. They're they're doing all kinds of things to kind of ferret that out. So. Um, you know, the, the most recent thing is they reduce the number of connection requests that you can do uh, to about 100 a week to gotcha. kind of ferret out automation. So anyway, those are some of the big pitfalls. So you specifically called out LinkedIn, right? Do you yeah. think as a B2B seller, are there other places in social media where you should be? Or is it really a LinkedIn game? Uh, you should be on Twitter. Okay. You should be on LinkedIn. Those are the two big areas. Now, there are, uh, you can use Facebook as well, but in terms of doing things organically, mm-hmm. LinkedIn for relationship building. Right. LinkedIn and Twitter are going to be your your best bet. If if you connect with people on Twitter, you want to quickly move that relationship over to LinkedIn. Interesting. Pri- primarily because LinkedIn enables um, asynchronous communication. In other words, you can get your community engaged in a conversation uh, and you don't have to be on LinkedIn all day. You can step away, mm-hmm. come back, and re-engage in that conversation. Twitter is moving way too fast. Too fast. Got it. Okay, I've noticed that too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're doing show prep, you know, we we I said social selling, and you emphasize strategic social selling. <laughs> so, well, what's the difference, Lenwood? I I have to know. Yeah. So the the big difference is that what most people do on social media is tactical, right? Mm -hmm. They're throwing up a a post here and they're expecting to get something from that. They're Mm -hmm. kind of randomly connecting with people. Um, They may or may not have an optimized LinkedIn profile. Um, What strategic social media is a set methodology for engaging on the platform. Everything that we do on social media has a commercial purpose. Okay. Just because it has a commercial purpose doesn't mean it's um, inauthentic. We can have authentic conversations on social media and we use our content to to create those um, uh, conversations. We we, um, engage strategically 
with um, influencers um, uh, or people who can amplify our message right. on social media to create conversations and 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 um, in uh, create conversations and, and get the commercial activity that we want. So, um, but what I mean by strategic social media is. We have a set process. There are certain things that we're doing. We don't wake up in the morning and say, "Oh, what am I gonna, <laughs> what am I gonna post to social today?" Sure. We have we have a we have an objective that we want to achieve. We have, um, you know, we you want to think about the content, for example, that you're you're posting on. So you're trying to create change, right? There's something that, um, you know, if you're working for an organization that has a product or a service that it's marketing as a solution out there, you're trying to affect change with a certain customer. That's what I mean by really being strategic about the things that you're doing to create the uh, commercial interactions. So I'm glad you mentioned content because, you know, that to me, I think for the average person who is 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 thinking yeah you know right you're right i need to start social selling there it's it's people are there my buyers are there but they've just got this mental block in terms of creating content right right and getting started so yeah. what does that mean like how does someone get off the schneid and just start producing content or what does that even look like okay so um there's definitely a cadence to the content you're going to have to tap into your <laughs> creative juices a little bit but sure. Um, there's really two things that you, that you want to do. The first is, um, you want to think about what is it that I want to be known for? What do I want to be famous for out there in the marketplace? And that's how you determine what is going to be the subject air, uh, matter of the content that I create. Okay. Uh, so that's the first step. The second step is to say, okay, well, how much of this content has to be kind of my original content and how much of this ha- is content that I can share, which speaks to the thing that I want to be famous for. So the right. easiest way to get started is just to say, okay, I want to share uh, th- this content, whatever it may be, that uh, speaks to the problems that my uh prospect or customer Mm -hmm. is having. And the role that you want to think of yourself um, as having is a change maker or sense maker, right? I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to use this content to help the the people that I'm targeting make sense of uh, not only the problem, but also the solutions out there and how uh, what I, the value that I offer is differentiated right? From, yeah. from other people. And I'll, I'll sort of leave it there, leave it there and let you ask. Well, question. yeah. So, you know, that immediately I'm going to go back to number one, right? right. What do I want to be famous for? Right. How do you balance what you want to be famous for as an individual versus uh-huh. the fact that you're selling for an organization, right? So when we were talking mm-hmm. in the show prep, you're like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm selling these strategic social selling strategies to Enterprise organizations, right? How do you get enterprise organizations to accept the, what does that individual want to be famous for when they're selling for you? They represent your brand. That seems like a little bit of a struggle that companies have. Yeah, that is a great 
great point. Um, and so when you think about it from a sales leader perspective, you're, this is part of the change that's going on in the marketplace right now where the really the way that you incentivize someone to uh kind of rep your brand mm-hmm. and do their all for you is to make it in their interest to do to do so. So mm-hmm. um, when I, I'm creating my personal brand, that's the same as b- saying I'm building my career. Mm-hmm. If you're building your career today as a seller. That means that you are, you have to create a personal brand right. and, and, you're right. There is this thing that organizations have to get over, which is it's not all about you, right? right? So when you can incentivize the people who work for you to develop their own personal brand, which when they're working for you, you're aligned, right? (laughs) Right. Because you're compensating them based on what they can sell for you. Right. So it's in their interest at that time to develop their personal brand around being part of your organization. Now, the second part of that is your organization has to be about more, you know, nowadays, more than just this product or service. You've got to stand for more. You got to stand more for about for more than a widget. Right. Right. So when your um, employees become um, you align your organization with the things that pe- the people who work for you care about, then, you know, what they're putting out in the market is um, ultimately aligned. What they're, what your purpose is um, aligns with the things that they value. Right. So it's really a, it's really a big circle. Um, but you have to get all those things working together and it is a huge hurdle. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, and it also gets me thinking about, I've got this concept in my head and I don't know how to perfectly articulate it, but you know, every company before they bring a product to market, they do product market fit analysis, right? Right. Well, well, you think they do that. Well, you think they do, (laughs) but what about as a seller, right? Shouldn't there be seller market fit? Like, Selling services versus selling a product versus selling a product that's focused on, um, you know, if you're selling marketing software versus selling financial software, there's a difference in the mentality, the types of people you deal with and that. So part of your seller market fit analysis should be, is this organization willing to let my personal brand be a part of the story? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as, you know, we're still in the early days of this, but I Mm -hmm. think as this, uh, develops um, and it, and it it is going to develop out of necessity because buyers are really driving this. Right. Um, you will see more and more organizations move towards the model that we just described because they're going to be competing for the best sellers. Right. Yeah. And and I think that that's you know as as a seller you have to think about am I looking for a paycheck or am I looking for something I want to align myself to more intrinsically. You know, yes. I even think about myself, right? Like I like talking to marketers. Marketers are great. Yeah, That's who I sell to. I don't know if I would do as well mark, uh, selling to CFOs. I don't, I don't know yeah. if I speak spreadsheet that well. <laughs> you right. know what I right. mean? Like, well, you know, that's the thing. Um, your, your network mm-hmm. to a certain degree 
uh, I don't want to say it limits you because you're all constantly growing your network, sure. but the people that are in your network are going to, in some ways, define um, in part what you want to be famous for. I mean, we all have this historical network and until we really start to get intentional about that, that kind of limits um, right. what we can focus on. So it's interesting you talk about, you know, what do I want to be famous for? But now you have to tie that specifically to, you know, like you said, it's, it, there's an end game here. You're trying to commercialize this personal brand. Yes. So how much of that persona, who am I selling to market research do you need to do on your own versus how much can you lean on your own internal marketing organization to give you some of those pieces? Do, are you dealing with that when you're coming into an organization? Well, you want to, um, you, you want, you really want it to be uh, emanating from you. Now mm -hmm. you, you can definitely, we definitely see marketing teams supporting right. uh, and, and, um, but you don't want the marketing team to drive it, right? Mm -hmm. Because when marketing is driving it, what ends up happening is you get the corporate spiel. Right, right. We want it. We don't want the corporate spiel. <laughs> totally. <laughs> because 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 that isn't what different what differentiates us in the market is us. Right. Right. And right. you know, you talk to anybody who's ever sold anything you know, or anyone who's ever bought anything in the B2B space, you know, ultimately the decision comes down to, you know, do I want to work with this person mm -hmm. uh, and this team? You know, you know, I talked to, um, you know, enterprise people who are selling enterprise um, solutions all the time. And th they'll always tell you, you know, is my thing, you know, so much better then the other guy's thing, right. eh, you know, maybe not. But ultimately, it's the relationship that I'm able to build with the seller. Right. I mean, uh, the relationship that I'm able to build with the buyer that's going to ultimately um, help me get that deal. Uh, it just turns out that nowadays, buyers are so overwhelmed right. with the complexity of whatever it is they're trying to buy the just overwhelming amount of information out there that they just spending less and less time with sellers. Um, right. And that's why you really need a strategic social selling approach that um, allows you to um, do leverage technology so that you're doing less, but covering a much broader right. um, network. Yeah. You know, I'm really glad that you said relationships, right. And building relationships, because even within the walls of our organization, we have a, a saying that, you know, relationships are the only currency that matter. Yeah. So absolutely. how do you see those relationships start in a social, like, let's use LinkedIn as an example, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people listening here are, are on LinkedIn. Yeah. How do you see those relationships start? Like what, what are the early seeds and how do they grow? Well, um, I th I'd like to look at it, think about it like relationships generally, you know, just it, when you think about you go to a party mm -hmm. and uh, you see a group of people uh, talking, whatever you come into the group, 
the relationship begins with the conversation. Mm -hmm. You have a conversation that's interesting, uh, more likely than not, it's not related to the thing that you buy, which is, or the thing that you're selling, right? So, (laughs) so you, if, if you were to go to a convention and you were to step into a a conversation that was going, oh, oh, hey, I sell widget X. Yeah. Uh, people you might get kicked you out. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Right. So you're you're beginning the relate. You're beginning any relationship that you want to have, even when you're talking about um, a, a customer that you're targeting in your account based marketing strategy. You you know that you want to go after a particular mm-hmm. account, and there's particular individuals that you've researched. You know they're on LinkedIn. Right. You're looking for an opportunity to begin a conversation with them, most likely about something that they're already talking about with somebody else on LinkedIn, right? right? So you're using the devices that LinkedIn um, provides you to start those conversations. You're doing it, um, you know, as often as possible so that people uh, become aware of who you are. If you've optimized your profile, then when they take a look, hey, who's this guy who's uh, you know all of a sudden liking my uh, the thing I posted or engaging me in in conversation? Who is this person? If you've optimized your profile, when they go and they look at you, because everybody mm-hmm. does that on LinkedIn, you go oh, look yeah. at your profile. They'll read your profile and they'll say, oh, this is somebody I'd like to be connected to. This is somebody I'd like to know. So we start with the conversation, moving it to relationship. And Mm -hmm. then it's now let's take that conversation off of the virtual format. Right. And let's have a phone call. And in that phone call, we don't do the hard sell. We don't do the pitch. We just, what do you do? What, here's what I do. And if they already like you, guess what? It's going to lead to something more. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> no. So I, you make a great point around the conversation because, you know, I asked the question before around some of the hurdles that people as an individual contributor, like, how do you get started? How do you create content and stuff like that? One of the things that I've noticed is early on when nobody knows who you are, just inserting yourself into relevant conversations and sharing an opinion is the best way to start building momentum because nobody cares about what you just post anyway until you start to get those people connecting to you and having those types of conversations. Then you can slowly build up some momentum in your own content. Do you see that? Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. There is a process that you go through and we've talked about different aspects of that in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, when you, as you do it over time consistently, what you start to see is a community that is being built around you. Excuse me. And as you build that community around you, you're you're not trying to build a community of only the people that you want to sell to. That is not the point of building a community. You're building a, you build a community of people who like you, who are the people who are going to advocate for you, who are the people who are going to recommend you. And what happens is those people start to amplify the things that you're putting out there, the things that you're saying, your content, comments and they go out through their network. That's right. 
right? And so that's the that's the power of social media. The power of social media isn't that there are 750 million people in right. one place and now I can automate and send in mails to 100 people a day. That's not the power of social media. The power of social media is I have in one place, I can post a an article once a week and I get my community engaging with that article and those people are in a, in in frictionlessly recommending me right. to their network, and then people start seeing it, and you, you just it just keeps growing. Um, and so over time, you just start to see more and more inbound activity around the things that you're talking about. Yeah, over time is a is a good thing to jump off there a little bit. So right, someone <clears throat> brings you in to a sales leader brings you in to teach their team a strategic social selling strategy and. What are the expectations that you set in terms of time? And I'll give you just a little, you know, anecdote about myself. Like, I don't necessarily think of LinkedIn as a as a lead generation platform for me. You know, maybe I should, or maybe I just suck at it. Who knows? Um, but I think of it as a proof point, right? If someone I get a referral for someone, or someone says this, they're going to go to my profile and they're going to say, "Oh, this guy talks about this stuff. Cool, he's legit." Like, that's mm-hmm. a win to me. Mm-hmm. But someone's hiring you to teach social selling strategies, I'm guessing they're wanting some sort of return. So how do you balance expectations in terms of what those returns should look like? Right. So, so uh, you're going to get out of it, what you put into it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the thing about the methodology is that you've got to do it. Mm-hmm. Talking about doing it isn't going to work. <laughs> you got to take action. <laughs> you got you actually have to do it. Um, but what we see is in partic- in the niche that mm-hmm. the company is operating in, we see um, our clients doing much better than even we're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you can see. Um, uh, you know, commercial act activity really, uh, beginning within 30 days. Wow. Yeah, no, it, 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 it can happen very, very quickly because a lot of times, um, you know, it's not necessary because one of the things that we do, we do is we want to break down the silos, uh, between the customer facing people. Mm-hmm. So you want to have some salespeople, you want to have some marketing people, you want to have some subject matter experts, some customer success people, all in your program, learning the methodology and engaging out there um, from their perspective, uh, uh, building their audience. And and what we find is typically the subject matter experts are going to be able to generate, you know, huge amounts of activity because, Mm -hmm. you know, those are the people ultimately that have the the real expertise, right? That right. Um, the that the companies are selling, right? right. Um, engineers, we see like engineer. It's crazy, but you know, engineers they have they they have such a, a unique. Um, they're not, you know, they're kind of behind the curtain, so to right. speak. A lot of times, yeah, exactly. And and when you bring them out what happens is that community just lights up right on social media um, a lot of activity i mean we um, in our uh, partner network uh, we have um, a, a partner that um, 
has an engineering client and mm-hmm. they're they're they've had several posts uh go viral and have wow. seen tremendous activity they uh we have s- uh, several clients um that have that have just totally eliminated paid ads oh wow interesting yeah it's because it's the, the reach return. organically is just yeah it's huge it's yeah. huge when you have when you're getting you know 500 600 and these you know it's it's not that they have huge networks it's just that right. there's high engagement yeah that's a good point I, I think there's a misconception around people that you know you have to have a huge network and i think linkedin taps you out at like what thirty thousand or something yeah. like that but yeah tying that concept with what you said earlier is you know niche wins right the more niched and specific you are oftentimes does better than you know 5000 really carefully curated niched people versus 30000 just take them all will sometimes outperform right oh absolutely absolutely in fact um what we're seeing now um and what many of us are doing is really going through our network and kind of cleaning it up a little bit okay Right, uh, going through that network and really just kind of taking out the the randoms, mm-hmm. um, the people that you maybe connected to when you were just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> you know, just connecting with everyone. You really want to, you really want to think about think about that network strategically yeah. and who you're including in that mix, and because you're building your you're building a community and. Yeah. Um, and so you can you can have a network of four or five thousand people, and you can do a little lot of stuff with that network. Yeah, that's good advice. I, I think that you know, and I think it's hard for people to niche down sometimes because yeah. you want to be all things to all people, but at the end of the day, you're going to have a lot more impact if you're focused. And the 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 thing about it is that um, the 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 more uh, niche you are, the more resonance your message will have. Right. So if you have a, if you have, you know, a ton of people in your, in your network that are unrelated to uh, the thing you want to be famous for, I mean, totally unrelated. Yeah. They're never going to engage. It's just useless to you. Sure. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I think that's great. So, uh, you know, let's pivot a little bit here. Tell us sure. about a celery. What, what does a celery do? Who are your clients? Tell us about your niche. Sure. Uh, so, uh, a celery is really focused on, uh, building digital culture. And the thing that we focus on, um, to really as sort of a, we have a partner model where we partner with organ other organizations that, um, focus more on the, um, sales transformation as a, Mm -hmm. as a managed service, what we provide is the actual training platform. Uh, and, and the, uh, so for example, with DLA ignite, we took their training methodology and we turned that into a SaaS application. Okay. And what that enabled them to do is to, uh, provide, uh, training to larger organizations. So we're really targeting organizations that have 250, 500 people, a thousand people that they want to put through a program and rapidly get those folks doing, uh, strategic social, social selling. And we have some other technologies that we've, you know, cobbled together to make it work. Very cool. um, and so, and so that's, that's really our focus. Um, 
And so we're really targeting this, the small org. It's, it's relatively new. You know, it's, we're mm-hmm. in, in the startup uh, phase as, um, you know, strategic social selling. Social selling has been out there, but strategic sure. social selling is really just starting to take off. Fantastic. And where can the listeners find you? Should they need some strategic social selling advice? You can, you can, you can find me at acelery.com. A-C-C-E-L-E-R-Y.com. But of course you can find me, Lenwood M. Ross on LinkedIn. There he is. <laughs> yes, I'm always happy to connect on LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn every day for Fantastic. a couple of hours a day. <laughs> Fantastic. Lenwood, it was really a pleasure to have you. Appreciate your insights. I think that everyone can gain a little better understanding of how to do strategic social selling. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I look forward to hearing from people who want to know more. All right. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you so much, Josh. Appreciate it. 